1: Blog Talk Radio Good evening everyone. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. I'm Melissa Studdard and I'd like to welcome you to Teferrit Talk, the blog talk radio show for Teferrit, a journal of spiritual literature, where our goal is to promote peace in the individual and in the world through writing. We support this goal by interviewing new and established writers and religious and spiritual leaders. In addition to listening today, you're invited to join our online community at www.tiferetjournal.com, that's www.t-i-f-e-r-e-t-journal.com, where you can read and post writings, interact with other members, and subscribe to the journal. We'd also like to let you know that our blog talk chat room is currently open if you would like to chat with other listeners or suggest questions. Our interview this evening is with Ariel Ford. Ariel is a nationally recognized publicist and marketing expert, producer, author, and consultant. She has enormously facilitated the rapid growth of the self-help and human potential movement in the United States and is a founding partner of the Spiritual Cinema Circle. She's the author of seven books, including the popular Hot Chocolate for the Mystical Soul series. Her latest book, The Soulmate Secret, How to Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction, was released in January 2009. Marianne Williamson says of The Soulmate Secret, Ariel Ford provides a beautiful way to let go of any hurts of the past and bring new love into your life today. Practical, inspiring, and hopeful, The Soulmate Secret leaves even the most cynical about love ready to find a soulmate. Michael Bernard Beckwith says, Ariel Ford, in inspiring and encouraging terms, offers from her direct experience how to prepare in consciousness, heart, and spirit to magnetize, recognize, and respond to the soul's call for an authentic, conscious love relationship. Hi, Ariel. It's so wonderful to have you on the show. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing really well. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm terrific. It's a, a nice evening here in Texas, and you're in San Diego, La Jolla, right? Uh-huh, yep. Yeah, how's it there?
0: It is a little cloudy and a little breezy, but Beautiful.
1: Oh, great, great. Well, I'm going to jump in and ask you a question about the soulmate
0: secret.
1: Okay. Um, Great. In the soulmate secret, you apply the universal law of attraction to the task of finding a soulmate. And I wanted to see if you could talk about what we mean when we say the law of attraction and um, why the principles work for finding love.
0: The law of attraction states that we draw to us the people, places, and experiences that match our state of being. So, if our state of being is I'm a loving, kind, wonderful person who deserves to have romance and love in his or her life, then that's the experience you'll begin to have. If your uh, experience is I'm unlucky in love, I'm a loser, I'm unlovable, nobody's a match for me, (laughs) then guess what? (laughs) No, that's
1: me now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you get to be right. You can make yourself right over and over and over again. So really, your thoughts and your emotions draw to you uh, what you're putting out there. And it's a really hard concept for a lot of people to get because what happens is people get into this state of wanting and yearning. Oh, I want love. I want love. I need love. And what happens for them is they keep drawing in the experience of more wanting. So when you're working with the Law of Attraction, what you want to do is put yourself in a state of knowing, trusting, and believing that the one you've asked for is already yours. And this requires that you become an emotionally mature adult and manage your (laughs) thoughts and beliefs. And that's the hard part for people because... They either don't understand or don't have the discipline to manage their thoughts and emotions, so just know that the you know what you're thinking and what you're feeling is magnetic and powerful and and if you don't like what's in your life, you need to change the way you're thinking and feeling and the great news about that is that you can fake it till you make it you just have to make <laughs> the time to do it. So one of the exercises that I share with people is to begin living as if. So if I said to you, let's for, let's just pretend for the next five minutes that you know with absolute certainty that your soulmate's on the way. How would you feel inside?
1: Oh, I was just thinking as soon as you started saying it, what a wonderful feeling that would be.
0: Right. So what if you started spending time every day, you know, feeling like that, closing your eyes, sitting, and just wrapping yourself in those feelings? Oh, my soulmates, the one I'm looking for is looking for me and is on the way. And spend time feeling that feeling and start trusting and believing that that's really real. That's how you magnetize love into your life. So there are people out there who do visualizations and they spend a lot of time thinking about what he looks like or what she looks like and how things are going to look. But that's not going to get you where you want to go. You want to spend time feeling what you're going to feel like when that person here and put it into present tense. So I call those feelingizations.
1: Right, right. I was about to say um, that's a, a different concept, a different way of looking at it that uh, is, I think, a unique tool in the Soulmate Secret. I hadn't really encountered that before. Um, So is is that a concept that you came up with, the feeling of
0: Well, you know, really what I did was I just properly named it because if you study with the masters who talk about visualization, they talk about the importance of feeling and knowing that what you've asked for is already yours. But they call it a visualization and and people sort of skip over the feeling part, so I just rename right. it the feelingization because it's a more accurate term for what it is,
1: well, you know, and that's so interesting just how renaming it actually um makes it occur differently it makes it it does make it more poignant and powerful, I think, just to conceptualize it differently,
0: yeah, exactly. Um,
1: Great, great. Well I wanted to ask, um, one of the things that you talk about is clearing out physical space and unhooking emotionally from the past. And um I wanted to see if you could talk about why these are important steps for attracting a soulmate and um also some of the ways a person can accomplish clearing that emotional and physical space.
0: Sure. Well let's start with let's start with the emotional part of it. So when we're intimate with another human being, we leave our energy in them and on them and they us. So when you're no longer with that person, even though physically it appears that you're apart, you're still connected energetically until you cut the cords. There are invisible energetic cords that tie us together. So there's lots of different ways to get unhooked. Um, Probably the easiest way is to hire an energy worker who's really proficient in that. But another way you can do it is by taking a salt bath. And all you need to do is fill up a bathtub with warm water, an entire container of table salt, Uh regular old table salt, soak in the tub, and then as you let the water drain out, continue to sit in the tub. And with your imagination, see all the energy from your ex-lover going down the drain with the dirty water. And stand up. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun process. Then you stand up and take a long, hot, sudsy shower, shampoo your hair, really get all the salt off of you, and dry off with clean towels. And you can repeat this process as often as necessary. Or if you live by the ocean, a dip in the ocean you can do the same thing with. And um, it's a really important process to do. Now, what could happen in the process of doing that is you may get a call from that person immediately (laughs) in 24 hours because they will energetically feel you slipping away. They won't consciously know that's what happened. But chances are they'll call to reconnect, to throw their energy back on you. So you may want to plan to take several salt baths. Now, the (laughs) same thing happens in your home. If your ex-lover has spent a lot of time in your home, they've left their energy everywhere, and you want to clear it out. So, again, you can hire a professional energy worker, feng shui person to come and do it, Or you can do it yourself. There's a couple of different methods I recommend. One is the Native American technique of smudging, where you take sage and you take the smoke from the sage and you put it over the door jams and through the windows and in the closets, and you let the smoke from the sage purify and change the energy. Now, if you don't like the smell of sage, you won't want to do that. Another way that I've done is to... um, On a nice sunny day, open all the doors and all the windows and take out a broom and with your imagination sweep their energy out all the doors and out the windows so that you're literally moving their energy out. And then to further prepare your home and your space for somebody, you want to clear out any clutter and then you want to move any mementos, uh, photographs or keepsakes from this past relationship you don't necessarily need to throw them away, but you do need to put them away, put them in storage, put them in the garage, but take them away from your vision and anybody else who would be coming into your house because the last thing you want to do when you're meeting somebody new is have them roaming around your house going, oh, who's this in the photo with you? And that <laughs> looks like so who. When were you in Greece? And suddenly you're having a conversation about your honeymoon from 15 years ago. Uh, this is not conducive to new love.
1: <laughs> so those right,
0: those are right. two of the you know, two of the things. Your personal energy you want to clear and the energy of your home. And even if you're thinking, Oh, I'm never going to live in the place that I live now with my future soulmate, you still need to do that because chances are they're gonna come visiting and you want to be energi- energetically prepared for them.
1: Right, right. Well, and, you know, one of the things I, I loved that you said in the book also is that the universe hates a void. So, in essence, if you're clearing that space, you're, you're also opening that space for someone else to come along, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's another reason to do all these things because I'm sure you've noticed whenever you've cleaned out your closet and got rid of old clothes, the first thing that happens is new clothes come in, right? Right. Isn't that weird how that happens?
1: (laughs) Yes. It wants to be full.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Okay, so um, one of the things that I really wanted to ask you about as well is that uh, you really emphasize in the soulmate secret about how it's important to be very clear about what we're seeking when we imagine our soulmate. And um, I was wondering if you could explain why the clarity is so important and maybe even perhaps some of the things that, that could happen if we don't have clarity. (laughs)
0: Well, you know, we've talked a little bit about how powerful your thoughts and emotions are. And, well, just think about it this way. What if you walked into Starbucks and you said to the person behind the counter, I need a tall decaf latte. No, I think I want regular coffee with half and half. No, I think I want half caffeinated, half decaf with low-fat soy milk. With sugar, no, better give me Splenda. You know, the poor person behind the counter doesn't know what to give you, right? You've just asked for 19 different things. Well, think of, you know, think of placing an order with the universe for your soulmate. If you're not clear about the traits and qualities you want this person to possess, how can God, goddess, or whoever you believe in deliver something to you if you're not clear. You know? Right. So, you you know, this is where being a, an emotionally mature adult comes in helpful yet again, because at this point you want to do uh, a little bit of research on yourself. Look back at your last several relationships. What did you like about some of these people that you would like to have in the future, and what didn't you like? And let's say your last boyfriend, was a cheating, lying, uh, unemployed scumbag. (laughs) Okay? I don't like that. (laughs) Now, you don't want to put on your list, I do not want a cheating, lying, unemployed scumbag. But what you can do is write positive statements. My soulmate will be honest, loyal, monogamous, gainfully employed, kind, loving, compassionate, joyful, fun person. Right. So you, by looking to your past, you can figure out the future. And, and why it be, is it important
1: to frame it as a positive statement instead of yes, what you don't want?
0: Yes. You don't want to. You need to put everything in a positive light. So, um, and it's very easy to do. So, if you want somebody, let's say, like I could never be with a smoker. I'm actually allergic to tobacco. Uh-huh. So, rather than putting on my list, you know. I cannot be with a smoker. I put on my list, my soulmate will be into health and fitness. Mm, Okay. Because a healthy, fit person, of course, would not choose to smoke.
1: Right. Right. Well, great. Um, Okay, so now that we've asked for our soulmate, (laughs) um, one of the things I'm sure people wonder is um, how can you recognize when you've met your soulmate and uh, what is different about a soulmate relationship than a non-soulmate relationship? Oh,
0: really good question. Well, there's two parts to that. So one of the benefits of having a soulmate wish list Mm -hmm. is that when you meet somebody and you feel that there's chemistry and compatibility and good communication and you enjoy being with them, You can also look back at your wish list and see if they're lining up, if their major parts of this list are lining up with who you're seeing. Now, you don't always recognize a soulmate right away. You know, some people do, but it's very rare. So the things you want to look at is chemistry, compatibility, communication, shared vision for the future. And in some cases... You know, you may not know for a long time whether or not you're, they are your soulmate. Like I have one friend who's a dating expert. He didn't recognize his wife as a soulmate. <laughs> They'd been married for wow. 18 months. But he knew beforehand that they had a great time together, that they wanted the same things in life, that there were enough positives that he was willing to make a commitment. And 18 months into the marriage, he woke up one morning, and it finally occurred to him, yes, she is my soulmate. Wow. So that's an extreme case. But there's many, many pieces to it. But since you are the designer of your life, you get to co-create your life with the universe, then you need to ask for the heart traits and qualities that are going to give you long-term happiness. And these heart traits and qualities and values are different than a laundry list of physical traits. So, you know, if you are, you know, an ordinary woman of ordinary intellect living in the middle of the country, it is not reasonable for you to be asking for George Clooney, right? (laughs) But what is reasonable to be asking for is somebody who's a match for you, a loving, kind, compassionate, committed, open-minded, whatever it is for you. You know, if you have a certain passion, like I have a lot of friends who are passionate about animal rescue. They live to help animals. Well, then certainly that's going to be on your list because the last thing you want to do is get connected to somebody who's allergic to cats or doesn't like or is afraid of dogs, right? Right. Or if you're a total fitness buff and you're always participating in triathlons, you don't want to randomly end up with a couch potato. Right. you You want to think about what are the traits and qualities and what does our lifestyle together look like? You know, you need to decide right now, are children important to me? Do I want to have children? Am I willing to accept somebody who already has children? Or in my case, I knew that I never wanted to have children, nor did I want to raise anybody else's children. So that was something that was very clear for me—that I I was going to manifest a soulmate who was completely content with a child-free life, because that was you know I was not going to compromise on that. You know, and it was, you know, we have 16 nieces and nephews. We love them. But, you know, right. Brian and I were in agreement from day one. And that was one of the ways I saw. I knew he was my soulmate. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I remember reading about that in the book that it sounds like it was such a, a wonderful moment when you were driving along in the car and you said, no, you know I don't want children, right? And he said, well, that, that's why my last relationship ended. I didn't want children either. Um, so... Yeah, it's, I guess it's just so, so important to be clear on those things.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, I wanted to um, bring up one of the the tools that you share in the soulmate secret, treasure mapping, um, which I had never heard of before and I just thought was wonderful. Um, I wanted to see if you could explain a little bit about that concept and how it works.
0: Sure. Um, well, a treasure map is a visual representation of the future that you're creating. So, after you've done your soulmate wish list, it makes sense to cut out pictures and words and images and photographs from magazines and then collage them onto a piece of poster board so you're actually creating this vision of the life that you're generating. And it's something that you can look at as many times a day as you wish to stick those images in your head. As a reminder that this is what awaits you in the future. So there are lots of fun to do, and and uh, several of the guys who read the Soulmate Secret who are now happily married told me (laughs) that yes, it, it works really well. Told me that what they did was they took a picture, they took a photograph of their treasure maps and made it the wallpaper for their laptops and their iPhones. So they were constantly looking at their treasure maps. So that's something else that I recommend.
1: What a great idea! It just keeps it at the forefront of your mind. You know exactly what you're looking for. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, you you mentioned the success and um, the. The book has so many success stories in it. And, of course, I read Hot Chocolate for the Mystical Lovered Soul, and there were lots of great stories in there also about soulmate meetings. And um, I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about the importance of sharing these kinds of stories and um, maybe even highlight one or two of your favorites.
0: Sure. Um, You know, one of the things that I find that happens is that people get stuck in old beliefs. Uh, around love and the beliefs could be something like I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too broke, I'm too damaged or one of my favorites is all the good ones are taken. And I find that by sharing stories about other people who have manifested love, uh, it's very inspiring to people. For instance, my mother-in-law, Peggy, was married for 55 years. And then she was a widow for five years. And then at the age of 80, she called me and told me she was ready for a new relationship. Wow. Yeah, can you imagine? So I I explained the Soulmate Secret process to her. And um, I just want to let people know, if if they want to know more about it, they can go to soulmatesecretbook.com or soulmatesecret.com, either one. And three weeks later she called me up and told me she had a date. So I asked her how that happened. And besides doing the soulmate secret steps, she also had a friend get her on to Match.com because she doesn't know how to work a computer. And there were three men over the age of 80 who were on Match.com. One of them was a man named John who was a retired lawyer like her dear departed husband. And her friend emailed John with Peggy's phone number. Well, John called her and they spoke for five hours. And then they wow. went out to lunch, and lunch lasted three hours. And within a short amount of time, John proposed. <laughs> and they were madly in love. But Peggy didn't want to get married again because she'd already been married. So they moved in together and they were just like teenagers in love. They couldn't have been happier. And they lived together for three and a half years until last summer when John passed away at the age of 87. Um, so you could tell me you're too old. You know, Peggy was old. She was 80 when this happened. Or you could tell Correct. me that you're too fat. Peggy's never been a thin woman. If you want to see a picture of her and John, go to soulmatekit.com, and you'll see a really cute picture of them. But none of that is true. People just make up these stories in their head and they live like it's true. And then it becomes true for them because that's what their belief is.
1: Right, right. And that's such a powerful thing um, that keeps coming up, <laughs> I think, you know yeah. we do manifest. So, um, well, I want to make sure before we run out of time that we get to hear a little bit about your next book that's coming out. <laughs> it, it, and tell me if I'm pronouncing this improperly. Wabi Sabi
0: Love, uh-huh. is that correct? Yeah, okay, it's, it's, not, it's not coming out till January 2012, but it's called Wabi Sabi Love, Finding Perfect Love in Imperfect Relationships. And it's based on the ancient Japanese art form, which is known as Wabi Sabi, which finds beauty and perfection in imperfection. So the book is about finding the beauty and perfection within the cracks of yourself and the cracks of your beloved. And it's a really sweet book with lots of true people, real people stories and exercises on how to basically go from what I called annoyed to enjoyed. So all <laughs> the things that may bother you about your partner, we have fixes for. And and a lot of it's just a shift in perception. You know, we're we're seeing somebody as wrong or different as opposed to putting on a different lens to look to look and see, hey, this is who they truly are. How can I find the good in what they're doing? Now, I just need to make one caveat here. This in no way means that you should put up with abusive or destructive behavior. This is not a path for bad behavior. This is for the little things in life that drive us all crazy, you know, the way people <laughs> squeeze the toothpaste or they leave the seed up or they can't make a decision or, you know, they're sloppy in a particular area. You could spend your whole life trying to change them or you could make life easier for both of you and learn to love and accept their little quirks and behaviors as part of the greater good and greater whole of who they truly are.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. What a a wonderful service it will be to people who read that book. Um, well, we are getting close to running out of time, and um, I just wanted to find out if you have any upcoming events or other publications or anything that you'd like to announce that maybe I don't know about.
0: Oh, yes, thanks. Um, well, I would suggest that you go to uh, our um, soulmatesecret.com, where you can sign up Great. for my free weekly newsletter. I'll also okay. be teaching a weekend workshop. Uh, 4th of July weekend at the Omega Institute. And you can find that uh, connection at eomega.org. Or you can play with me on Facebook. Uh, It's facebook.com forward slash soulmate secret. And lastly, if uh, you're very, very serious about wanting to manifest a soulmate, uh, check out my home study course at soulmatekit.com.
1: Oh great! Great, that sounds wonderful.
0: <laughs> well,
1: thanks so much, Ariel. It's been such a pleasure talking to you tonight, really. And um, I appreciate you joining me. And um, I'll be looking forward to Wabi Sabi. Thank you
0: Anything else so wonderful much.
1: that you have coming out?
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Okay. So thanks to
1: those of you who are listening in this evening, and those of you listening after the fact as well. Our next interview will be May 19th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Mark Allen, author, musician, and founder of the New World Library. As well, we're currently accepting submissions for the 2011 Writing Contest in the categories of Fiction, Nonfiction, and Poetry. Prizes of $500 apiece will be awarded in each category. For more information or to enter the contest, please visit our website at www.teferitjournal.com. A year subscription to Teferit is $18 and includes six issues, two prints and four digital. The site's also a great place for readers and listeners to post their own poetry, since our editors feature one new poem each day from those who post. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. We hope you'll join us again in May.